0: episode 178 of Manage the Wilds. I'm Nick Madsen. One of the challenges that you have in wildlife uh, as a biologist or as a wildlife manager or researchers is introducing bias or just bad points into your data. Uh, A lot of the things that people, the biologists do out in the field can be considered subjective and it's based upon the individual who is doing it. Whether you're classifying deer and fawns and yearlings or whatever it is, some of the things that, that are subjective and they are difficult to teach, and only time and opportunity can basically teach these things. One of the experiences that uh, I'm thinking about is I was invited to participate in a study that was going on between Wyoming and Utah, and they were trying to determine where these does were coming from in the winter. Were they migrating back to the high altitude areas of Utah, or were they just moving north in Wyoming at that southwest corner of Wyoming? would they be moving north? And in reality, they found that there's a bit of a mixture. There was deer that were headed into the Uintas of Utah, but there was some that were also headed north further into Wyoming. But one of the things that we did is we were collecting samples on these mule deer when we would bring them into the station. And I had the opportunity to, uh, I guess, give it my best shot at aging deer. Now, I've never done a whole lot and been trained on it and it obviously showed when they would bring in these deer i had a pretty good idea of what i was looking for Uh, i was looking for whether they had milk teeth or not so a fawn that is less than a year is going to have uh what they call p1 p2 p3 teeth and then one m1 which is a molar so they are the P3 would be that milk tooth and it is temporary and when they become an adult it gets rid of those and then all of a sudden it starts growing uh, molars and it'll have three molars. So I know what to look for there. But then once they get, I would say over that oh three and a half year mark uh, for me, it became very subjective because based upon the patterns on the teeth, it could look one way or another, and it's, it was just so hard to tell. And so I would go in and I would do my best on these deer, and I would be like, oh, that feels like a three and a half, and then the professors and uh, another employee who has done a lot of these camp would come in and be like, no, you're wrong. That's four. And I'd be like, oh, okay. And then I would get one and I'd be like, that's six. And they'd be like, no, that's four and a half. And it was very difficult. And it was very subjective. And these guys have done so many deer, tested so many, and they work together that they would be oftentimes saying the same year or they would be a year off. And in which they could argue back and forth. And then they'd be like, okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. And so aging deer in the field was very subjective. They've now put out a paper on it. Uh, The same individuals that I worked with have put out a paper. And basically, you've got two options. One, you could pull teeth from these individuals while they're alive. Or you could try to do your best to guess based upon fill and how it looks and what their results have shown is the more experience you have, the better you are at getting uh, a better estimate of the age. And oftentimes they were underestimating the age instead of overestimating. So if something was a six and a half, uh, they would guess it as a five. And the way they did this study is they took a lot of these collared animals and these does that were collared when they would die. They would then go in, collect their samples from these dead deer, as well as pull teeth to get a better estimate of their age. And then they looked at their data overall. Looking at teeth is one of the most difficult things you will ever do. Is trying and trying to identify age and accurately. There's always somebody who's going to come in and contradict you and say yes, no, all of the above. When we run check stations for uh, the deer hunt and hunters are bringing them in, obviously the deer are dead because they're bringing them in. And we would cut open the cheek if they hadn't skinned out the head already. And we would look at the molars and you could see the wear. We often had charts that look show you what the teeth are supposed to look like. And again, I would still oftentimes underestimate saying this is a a three-and-a-half-year-old deer. They would come in and say, no, this one's probably five-and-a-half or four-and-a-half. And and so it's very subjective. But over time, the more deer that they look at, the more they process, uh, the better the results you're going to be. Now, it does become challenging, though, because it's not... 100% accurate. The challenges that you're going to have is, when I was talking to Kent one day, he was telling me that when you're aging deer, based upon the area that these deer are in, will change their teeth and how they wear. In areas that have a lot more sandy substrate, they're going to have more wear and tear on their teeth. And so you're going to look at this animal and you're going to say, oh, this is... This has got to be a 10 year old deer. And just because they're in sandy areas and they're getting more of their grit, that grit into their food, that uh, they're gonna wear down quicker. And so you're gonna have a younger deer than what you're estimating it as. And so there's no one way to estimate the age and be super 100% accurate uh, while these guys are alive. Now, after they are dead, the this sampling and that becomes much more accurate and it's a lot easier to do. But you are going to have different things. So based upon age, diet, environment, as well as sex, are going to change how they wear and how researchers go about aging them. Just know there's some sub. It's subjective, there's going to be some uh, bias in your data, and then you're going to have to have your models to try and help correct for that. Uh, And no, you can't age deer by their antlers. No matter how many people I talk to, uh, you can't do it by their antlers. Because you could have a year with drought, not a lot of feed, antler growth is going to be smaller because they're focusing more on keeping that body weight up. So, antler growth is going to be reduced. And then you're going to have a boomer year where you got all this moisture, you got a bunch of flowers, a bunch of forbs and grasses, and all these things are popping up. Antler growth is going to be through the roof because they're already fat to begin with. So, there are a whole lot of things that determine what uh, antler size is, and you can't determine age. Sorry. That's all I got for you guys today. Have a great day. Stay wild.